0: Alright, so as I mentioned, tonight we are starting a brand new series and, uh, and we're calling it What If Experiments, alright? And I got to say, as we, at the beginning of this thing, I've, I am so stinking excited about this series. Um, I've been looking forward to the beginning of this for the last few weeks and looking forward to tonight as we, as we begin this series because I believe that God is going to, over the next few weeks, um, and the things that we're going to be talking about God's gonna do some really incredible things. Um, In here, in our small groups afterwards, I believe that um, that God's got some powerful things in store for us. I believe that over the next few weeks that some incredible life change is gonna happen. Um, I believe that there's gonna be some of you guys in the room over the next few weeks that are gonna put your faith and your trust in Jesus as your Savior for the first time ever, which that in and of itself just gets me really excited. And so um, I, I want to encourage you not to miss um, any week of this series because there's going to be something that, um, that is going to be um, important for all of us to hear. And so I'm looking forward to what we're going to be talking about. And uh, the series What If Experiment, basically it boils down to one word that we're going to be talking about these three weeks. And the one word is the word faith. Now when you think of faith, and I don't want you to... to Answer back to me, but just think in your own head. What is faith? What does faith mean to you? What does it mean to have faith in something? When you think of the word faith, what is it that faith means? As uh, as you guys are thinking about that question, I um, this week I was looking online and I found an article that um, I thought was really interesting. And the title of the article says this. It says, man spends $967,000 on lottery tickets. And, um, and here's how the article goes. It says, you are more likely to be born with an extra, extra finger, get struck by lightning, or die from an insect sting or a plane crash, than win the lottery. Powerball players, for instance, which is the big, like, you know, you can win, like, $800 million or something insane. So Powerball players, for instance, have a 1 in 175 million chance of winning. Now think about those odds. 1 in 175 million. The article goes on and says, but one man spent his entire life savings on tickets. At one point, the 46-year-old was spending $3,200 a day on lottery tickets. In total, the man spent around $967,000 to buy tickets. He was caught in the destructive cycle of buying tickets, not winning, then wanting to win to make up losses, and therefore buying more tickets. And he admitted, I couldn't stop. He even sold his apartments, he sold cars, he sold watches to buy more money or to have more money in order to buy more tickets. And then last year, and this shouldn't come as any surprise, his wife asked for a divorce. So think about that now, $967,000 to win the lottery. Um, I looked up, I found this this interesting stat. It says, if you purchased roughly 126,000 tickets a month for the next 80 years, all right, you could improve your odds to 50%. So if you've got enough money to buy 126,000 tickets each month for the next 80 years, then you can increase your odds from $175 million to 50%, which begs the question, then why play the lottery in the first place if you've got that much money? So when, we, when you think of faith, you think of something like somebody playing the lottery. And is, is playing the lottery putting your faith in something? Is that, does that require faith? So what I wanna do is I wanna, I wanna put that to the test, all right? So I don't, I don't do this, hardly ever, but uh, I went to the convenience store and bought a $2 lottery ticket, all right? It's called silver and gold, and it says went up to $40,000, all right? So let's, you know, this is the what if experiment, so let's do a little experiment and see if, um, if, if I actually win anything. Now here's the deal, if I win, if I win 40 grand, We're all going out tonight afterwards, okay? So maybe you should pray right now that I win this. Um, It actually says, I looked on the back, it says the overall odds are actually one in 4.35. So I've got a 25% chance of winning maybe $2 back or something, all right? So here goes. Come on. I feel like there needs to be a drum roll or like, Okay, and um, if I found, basically, I didn't win squat, all right? I know, you're all so disappointed. Didn't find a money bag, didn't find a 24-karat gold bar, and didn't find the word sterling. It was just a bunch of numbers. So, um, sorry, we're not going out tonight. Um, now, he, here's, here's the thing. When we, think of, when we think of the word faith, and then we translate it to something like the lottery, And we read stories of a guy blowing an insane amount of money to try to win the lottery. And maybe some people would say, you know what, that's putting my faith and and my trust and believing that I'm going to win something incredible or something incredible is going to happen. And maybe for some of us, the word faith is a lot like playing the lottery. You know, we think when it comes to putting your faith in something, we've got about as much odds as we do of winning the lottery. When it comes to... Something like the lottery, this requires a lot of luck, not much faith. And there's a major difference between the word faith and what faith actually means, and especially as it comes to what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks and what it means to have luck. When we're talking about the word faith, faith is not blind luck. Faith is not just crossing your fingers and hoping that something's going to turn out okay. Faith is not even, in a lot of cases, common sense. Faith is something much different than that. When we're, over the course of the series, we're talking about faith. Here's the definition that we're going to give for faith. And if you want to write this down, you can. Faith is having confidence in a trustworthy source. Faith is having confidence in a trustworthy source. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. So in this verse, when it talks about the word faith, it's using very strong words like assurance or confidence or putting your hope in something. It's not blind luck. It's not random chance. It's not crossing your fingers. There's something much more significant that's going on when it it comes to faith. Now, faith is incredibly important. And as we're gonna talk about when it comes to our relationship with, with Jesus, faith is vital. We cannot live without faith. But it's also important that the source that we put our faith in, that just as important as faith actually is, it's also very valuable to know, all right, the source that I'm putting my faith and my trust in, is this a trustworthy source? Is this something that I can hope in? Is this something I can have confidence in? Because you and I, we we have confidence or we put faith in things every single day. We put faith in people. We have faith in ourselves. We have faith in maybe gifts or abilities that we may have. We have faith in certain things. We have faith in people, and then because people are imperfect, people let us down. People fall short. We put our faith in our sports teams and believing that they're going to pull out the victory, and then they go and lose to the Saints or the Eagles, or the Eagles in my case, and almost South Carolina. Um, we put our faith in our sports teams and they let us down, or they don't come through with, with, with the win like we think. We put our faith in things like possessions or we put our faith in money. And then there's, there are moments where those things don't satisfy us like we think that they should. See, all of us put our faith in things, but what, what we're gonna be talking about over the next three weeks is, are all of those other things, are they trustworthy sources? I mean, if you can put your faith in someone that doesn't let you down half the time, I mean, is it, is it really faith to trust in them? If you put your faith in, you know, your sports teams, and they win two games out of the year, I mean, is that really faith? Um, if you put your faith and your trust and your confidence in things, and they come through every so often, or sometimes, or most of the time, is that really Faith? And what we want to be able to establish over the course of this series, and even tonight as we get into this, is the only thing that is worthy of our complete 100% confidence, the only one that will never let us down or ever fail us, is Jesus. That we can put our confidence in anything else that we want to in the world and of the world and those things and people and relationships and all that kind of stuff, but at some point those things will let us down. And yet what our desire is for us to get to a point where we say, you know what, I've got complete confidence and trust in who Jesus is. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 11 verse six says. It says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely Seek him. So, the writer here, and and ultimately what God is saying here, is that it is impossible to please God without faith. We come in and enter into a relationship with God in the very first place by grace through faith. It requires faith and trust to receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers us on the cross. If we're to live the kind of life that God wants us to live, if we're to go about our day, if we're to have a, a relationship and a, a solid relationship, a healthy relationship with God, it requires us to have faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. And here's the problem for a lot of us. A lot of us really struggle when it comes to putting our faith in God. I mean, there are a lot of us in the room tonight who maybe right now in this moment, you are wrestling with faith. I mean, maybe you would consider yourself an atheist or agnostic, or you look at certain things and you go, you know what? I just, I really have a very difficult time putting my faith in God. And I, and I sit in the room and I come and it's cool to, you know, watch people sing these songs on a screen. I hear a message and I go to small groups and people talk about their faith and trust in God and how God's showing up. And yet for me, for whatever reason, I really struggle with having faith. And there's a lot of different reasons why we struggle with faith. Maybe for some of us we struggle with faith because God is invisible. And it's a hard thing for us to put our faith and trust in something that we can't see with our eyes. And we look and we go, you know what, because I can't see it, because God is invisible, I have a, a really tough time believing that God's out there somewhere. Maybe we struggle with faith because we feel like there's a lack of proof that God even exists. You know, maybe we're really into science, maybe we like to analyze things, we like to look at every situation and you know if if we don't have we don't feel like we have sufficient evidence to be able to prove xyz then we're not going to believe that those things exist and we look at certain things and we analyze it and we go you know what i just don't have the faith to believe that there's a god out there i just don't see much evidence and maybe we feel like you know when things like science and then belief in god those things can't coexist and so because of that we wrestle with faith Maybe we struggle with faith because we've experienced hurt or pain in our life. And maybe in those moments, we didn't feel like God showed up like we wanted him to or we needed him to. He didn't do maybe some things we even asked him to do. And because that pains existed and God didn't do anything about it, we feel that therefore God doesn't exist. Maybe we just, we don't really know a whole lot about God. And so we don't really know God's heart, and because we don't know God's heart, we don't really know that God's a trustworthy source. And so we look at it and we go, I don't really know much about God, and so how am I really supposed to put my faith in something that I don't know that He is trustworthy? There's all kinds of reasons why we really struggle with faith. And here's what I want all of us to understand. If you guys have those questions, if you are wrestling with those doubts and that confusion, I want you to know that that's All right. It's okay to have those, those doubts and those questions. And I want more than anything else for us to be a place where those, you can come and, and wrestle with those things and you can be in your small group and you can ask those questions and try to have some dialogue because you're wrestling with this stuff. If you have those questions, I want you to know that these next three weeks in this series is for you. Because I hope that, that we're going to be able not only to, to try to answer some of those questions, but for God to show up and reveal more of who He is to you. See, I think the truth is all of us have moments in our life where we struggle with this. I mean, I know for me, and, and maybe I would say, uh, you know, if, if we say we don't believe that, then, then maybe we're not fully telling the truth. But I would I would say that. Most, if not all of us in this room at one point or another have have wrestled with doubt when it comes to God. Man, does God love me? Is God really there? Does he care? Does he see what's going on? Can he do anything about it? Is he powerful or is he just kind of may have the power to do something? We wrestle, we struggle, we have doubts, we have questions. And I want all of us to know that, that it's okay to wrestle with those things. That that's a natural thing for all of us. And that because all of us wrestle with those things, all of us at one point or another in our lives, we deal with those questions. That all of us can feel like it's okay to come and to bring those things. Not like we put up a front and we pretend we've got everything figured out. But if we're struggling or we're trying to deal with stuff, we, the, the cool thing is, is that we're in a place where you're surrounded by people that want to help you with those questions. And if we don't know that those questions are ever there or you don't let any, ever let anybody in, then how can those people that are around you be able to help you with those questions. So all of us deal with that. So this series is for all of us. And here's what I want us to be able to think as we, as we get into this. What if? What if we lived with radical faith in Jesus? What if we lived in such a way that we believed that God could do anything Not might, not possibly, not maybe able to do some things, but where we were brave enough to have the faith to believe that God could do the impossible. And we were willing to put it all on the line and trust God. What might potentially be the results of that? If you have your Bibles, I want you guys to open up to Exodus chapter 3. And for just a couple minutes, we're going to spend... looking in, uh, in this particular passage. And um, over the course of this years, we're gonna be going back to different Old Testament stories and people that had issues with faith and that put, kind of put it all on the line. And so in Exodus chapter three, there's a guy named Moses who a lot of you guys have heard about. And Moses had a faith problem. Moses had some serious doubts when it came to believing that God could do the impossible through him. He really struggled when it came to believing that God could do incredible things through him. Look at um, starting in verse 1 of Exodus chapter 3. And here's what it says. It says, one day Moses was, was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and he came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush and Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground." It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites and Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Now understand in this passage that God has just called Moses to something impossible in Moses' eyes. God has just told Moses, hey, you know this slavery that you know, your peop- my people, your people Israel have been a part of for 400 years. I've heard their cries, I've seen their suffering. As we've talked about, I'm now g- gonna come and rescue them. I'm now gonna, gonna come into action and move and I'm gonna bring about healing and transformation to, the, to these people. And Moses, I'm going to use you to make it happen. See, there had been generation after generation of people of Israelites who had only known slavery, and the longer they had gone, the harder it got. And this was just a way of life for them. And all of a sudden, God shows up. This bush is on fire; it's not, you know, burning up. And the voice talks to it and and says to Moses, "You're going to be the guy." that's gonna go back to the great and powerful Pharaoh who leads one of the greatest countries and armies in the world, and you are gonna be the one that's gonna rescue my people. Now, you think Moses was a little bit scared. Think Moses was a little bit freaked out. Moses hears this, and rather than going, all right, cool, God, let's do this. This is gonna be amazing, can't wait to see this. Man, I'm gonna be famous. He starts rolling out all of these excuses of why this is ridiculous and why this shouldn't happen. Here's some of the things that he says. He starts off by saying, why me? I'm a nobody. God, who am I? I'm, I'm Moses. I'm out here in the middle of the desert. I'm hanging out with some, with some cattle and some you know, crazy animals, and you want me to go back? Who am I, God? I'm a nobody. Then the next excuse he gives is, people will ask who sent me. God, they're they're gonna. What what am I gonna say when I say, "Hey, Pharaoh, let my people go"? And what am I supposed to tell them that a bush was on fire and a voice talked to it? They're gonna think I'm insane. What am I? who, Who am I supposed to tell them sent me? Then he uses another excuse. He says, "What if this doesn't work, God? What if Pharaoh says no? What if Pharaoh laughs in my face? What if Pharaoh won't let your people go? What am I supposed to do then? What if this whole plan that you just told me doesn't work?" Then he starts using excuses for himself. God, I I don't have much to offer. God, I've got this speech problem. I can't talk all that well. God, I don't have the gifts or the abilities. I don't have the talent that you need. I'm not the right guy for this kind of job because I don't have those gifts. And then I love the last one. He finally runs out of excuses and he just goes, God, please, I'm begging you, just choose somebody else. Like, choose, you know, the guy next door. Choose, choose anybody else. I don't care who you use. Choose a blind guy. But don't make me go do this. See, as, as God is, is rolling out his plan and, and doing something incredible and, and revealing himself to Moses, all Moses sees is something impossible. Now, listen, Moses' problem wasn't the task that God had called him to. Moses' problem wasn't his lack of gifts or abilities. Moses' problem was his lack of faith in God. Moses' problem was that he doubted the God that sent him. He doubted that God could really have the power to overcome the great and powerful and mighty Pharaoh. He doubted that God could overcome Moses' own insecurities and own shortcomings. He doubted that God had the power to really do this incredible thing that he was telling Moses he was gonna do. See, when it came down to it, what, Pharaoh, or what Moses lacked was the faith to believe that God could do the impossible. Now, before we start ganging up on Moses, I, want, I can't help but wonder how many of us would use some of the same excuses and maybe even do use some of the same excuses when it comes to the things that God's calling us to. Oh God, I can't do that. and I'm, I'm not the right person for that. Or God, I don't have those gifts. Or I don't have the ability to do that. Or God, I'm scared to do that. What if it doesn't work? What if it, you don't come through? And we start rolling out, when God calls us to do things, we start rolling out these reasons and these excuses why it doesn't make sense. And we start reminding God, the creator, all of the reasons why his plan that he's revealed to us isn't a very good plan. Here's what I believe about who we are and who God calls us to. God will always call us to things that we could never accomplish on our own. Now don't miss that. God will always call us to things that we could never accomplish on our own. If we are a follower of Jesus, if we claim that we love God, then there are going to be moments and situations where God is going to call us to things that we're going to look at and and, and laugh and go, Are you kidding me? Like, there's no way that I could do that. There's no way that I could possibly do that. God, there's no way that I could go to Nicaragua. God, there's no way that I could reach my school. God there's no way that you would love me and offer the the freedom and the forgiveness that you're saying you do right now. And we look at the things that God is offering us and the things that God wants for us and we go, no 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 no. You know what God, there's no way that that could happen. And our problem is we lack the faith in who God is. It's not the task that God's called us to, it's not our own insecurities, our own failures, or how popular or big our school campus is or anything any other excuse that we may come up with. Our problem is we don't believe who God is. We lack the faith to believe that God could do the impossible. I mean, you look at Moses. Moses was a nobody. Moses knew that. Look at the disciples. That Jesus used. Jesus used a bunch of ragtag bunch of of rejects to completely change the world. He didn't target those guys that were high in influence and were really popular and really important and had amazing gifts. And why is that? Because if they were able to accomplish great things, they would look and go, Look at the things that I've done. How impressive is it of what I've done? And they start patting themselves on the back or they get, start getting some of the glory for themselves. The reason why God chooses to use you and me and calls us to things we could never accomplish on our own is so that he can show us how powerful he is. He can reveal more of himself to us. And at the end of the day, when he accomplishes those incredible things through us, we can't go, hey, look what I did. We have to point the finger at God and say, only God could do that. I know who I am. I know my own insecurities. I know my failures. I know that there's no way that I could pull that off. Only God could do that. God will always call us to things that we could never accomplish on our own. When, um, for my wife and I and and kids, when we were, a couple years ago, when we were praying through moving to Georgia, and it was nothing but faith. Um, you know, we had lived in Nashville for 10 years. That was home for us. We loved the people there. Um, you know, we had great relationships. Ministry was going well. I mean, there were, there were just a lot of reasons for us as we're thinking through logically and common sense why that didn't make sense for us. And yet, as we went through the process, there wasn't anything, we, we just couldn't get around the fact that we knew this was what God had called us to. And man, we started the excuses. Yeah, but God, look how comfortable we are. And all oh, the kids have just started school, and they they like their classes. And oh, yeah, but what about this? We got to sell our house, and how are we going to do that because we owe money? And man, you know, we started coming up with all of these excuses. And each excuse we rolled out, just like God does to Moses, He just reminds reminded us who He is. Look, I don't care about your excuses. Hey, that's great. You got to sell your house. Hey, that's really nice. You know, your kids love school. Hey, you're comfortable. You're safe. You really enjoy. You're happy here. Hey, I love that. That's great. But that's not really what I'm most interested in. And if you will just put your faith and trust in me and allow me to lead and guide you and do what I've called you to do, everything will take care of itself. And it's been... just a process of us learning how faithful God is. When we put our faith and trust in him and we believe in the things that he's called us to do and we're willing to step out in faith, how God responds. Man, I'll be honest with you guys. There are, there are days where I spend, when I'm up here, walking this room and praying and going, God, I feel, I feel incapable. God, I I don't know that I can really pull this off. God, I don't know that I can lead this ministry. God, I don't know that I'm the right guy for this. God, I don't know that, man, you know, this is a bigger student ministry than I've had before. God, you know, this excuse and this excuse. God, I I can't really talk all that well or I can't do this well or God, I look goofy and I have curly hair, you know, all these excuses. There are days where I sit here and go, God, I feel incapable. I feel like Moses. And it would be real easy for me to just take a step back and get comfortable and go, God, would you just please choose somebody else? Find somebody more worthy, find somebody more capable because they could probably do a better job than I could. And God says, I don't want anybody else. I'm not interested in anybody else. I've called you to this. And it's a reminder for me that in the midst of our own insecurities and we feel incapable or we start throwing out those excuses to God, God loves us enough to know I've got something better in store for you than just allow you to stay comfortable. And if you will just step out in faith, watch what I can pull off. When we choose to believe that God can do anything through us, we start to see it happen. And all of a sudden, our faith starts to grow. And we start going, you know what? Man, this, this whole faith thing, maybe God is trustworthy. Man, maybe God can do anything. Maybe God can do the impossible. And our faith begins to, to strengthen and grow and grow because we're putting more faith in God. And as he reveals more of who he is and the fact that he is a trustworthy source, then our faith is strengthened because of it. Go back to Moses. God wouldn't let him off the hook. Threw all those excuses out. God said, hey, I love you. I don't care, Moses. Those are great excuses, legit excuses, but I don't care about that. And God reminded Moses each time who he was. So finally Moses agrees, and he goes and he does what God had called him to do. You know the first thing that happened to him If you read in the next few chapters as the story unfolds, Moses goes to Pharaoh and he does exactly what God tells him to. And Pharaoh laughs in his face and he rejects Moses. And not only that, but then he makes the, the Israelites work that much harder. Not exactly what Moses was looking for. In fact, that's what Moses thought was gonna happen. And so Moses comes with his tail tucked between his legs back to God and goes, God, what the heck? What are you doing that's, that's what I told you was gonna happen. And God just simply reminds him who he is. Moses, just go back to Pharaoh. Trust me. Do what I've called you to do. So go, Moses, again, goes back to Pharaoh. The story unfolds. God begins to do what he promised that he would do. God sends the plagues. A lot of us know the story. And finally, Pharaoh allows the people to go. And, it, and Moses is the one that leads in this incredible thing leads the people of Israel out of Egypt. And over the next 40 years, God shows up again and again and again, and Moses becomes this incredible leader in Israel. And all of the things that God promised Moses he would do, he did. He did exactly what he promised Moses he would do. And at the end of Moses' life, listen to what's said about him in Deuteronomy 34. It says, There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders to the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all of his servants, his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. Here's the main point for us tonight. Radical faith says yes to God's call. Believing the God who is with us is bigger than the task that is ahead of us. Radical faith says yes to God's call. Believing that the God who is with us is bigger than the task that's ahead of us. So here's how we end tonight. With that question, again, what if? Maybe some of you guys, some of us in the room right now are in maybe a burning bush moment. Maybe there's something that God is revealing to us that he wants us to do. And it seems impossible. We seem completely incapable to pull it off. We look at it and we go, God, there's no way that that can happen. There's no way that that, that I could pull that off. And we've got a decision to make. Either we fall back and we retreat and we allow the fear and the doubt and our own insecurities and all those excuses to keep us from experiencing the power of God. Or we take a step in faith and we go, all right, God, I'll do it. God, I will put my faith in you. God this seems impossible. God this seems crazy. God this doesn't make any sense. But God, I'm going to I'm going to say yes to your call and I'm going to follow in obedience and in faith. And if we are willing to do that, we will watch as God proves that he is a trustworthy source. That we can have full assurance and full confidence And who God is, that He will never fail us, that He will never fall short, and that He is able to accomplish through us what we could never accomplish on ourselves. What if we began to live with that kind of faith? I believe that our schools, our communities, our own lives would be radically different. And this faith that God said, Is it impossible to please Him without? Would begin to grow and mature in our own life, and we would begin to watch as God does these impossible things all around us. And we don't take the credit, we don't you know, try to seek the spotlight, but we just point the finger at God and say, There is no way that I could pull that off on my own, but God can. And God did. Do you guys have the faith to believe that God can do the impossible through us? Let's pray. God, as Spencer prayed earlier tonight, God, I pray that you would give us the faith to believe. God, I pray that you would, where there is doubt, where there is insecurity, God, where there are legitimate reasons or excuses or these reasons why we have a really hard time when it comes to faith. God, I pray that you would give us the faith to believe. God, I pray that we would be a high school ministry, that we would be students and adults who live with radical faith in who you are. God, it changes everything. It changes who we are, it changes the way that we live, it changes how we view the world and how we view life and how we view you because we believe that you can do anything. And some people may look at that and think that's ridiculous, that makes no sense. But God, I pray that we would be willing to put radical faith, put our faith and trust and confidence in you because you are worthy of it. And when we do that, God, though other people may look and it may not make any sense. God, may you reveal more of who you are to us. God, may we be like Moses who, even though we might have excuses or doubts or reasons, God, we're willing to do what you've called us to do. God, I pray that you would do in us what we could never accomplish on our own. God, we need you. We pray that you would show up. God, would you give us the faith to believe. God, I pray for students in here who have never trusted you as their savior, maybe who have really wrestled with doubt, who can't really get their mind around, a God that would love them. God, I pray that you would show up in a powerful way in their heart and life and reveal to them how incredible your love is for them. God, I pray that you would give them the faith to trust you and to receive the forgiveness that you offer through the cross. God, we love you, we thank you, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen.